Yo, what is cracking? Welcome to another episode of the A-Line Podcast, the ultimate cross-country mountain bike podcast, bringing you the A-Line from the racers, support staff, industry figures, and more. If you are enjoying the show, then be sure to tell your mates about it. Also, if you feel as though perhaps the show has given you some value, then you can buy the show a coffee to help support it. Any coffees bought are massively appreciated as it helps cover some of the fees associated with running and hosting the show. Now then, listener question, is zone three training good or bad, as I hear it called sweet spot, but also the grey zone? That's a very good question. Um, training zones is probably an episode in its own right, so maybe we'll do that in the future. But basically, zone three is often the effort level at which riding feels comfortably hard. Now, sweet spot is actually a little bit into zone four as well, so there's a slight bit of confusion perhaps, but if we assume that it's all of zone three and a little bit of zone four. So training in this area, zone three slash sweet spot, can be a good and a bad thing as your training can become gray and lack structure if you do too much of it um like if you look at most pro and elite cyclists many of them um, train at opposite ends of the spectrum so zone two or zone four plus so basically you're going hard or easy Um, training in zone three does have some benefits that have been reported so you can stimulate aerobic adaptations and you can recruit more muscle fibers um so doing intervals in this can be really good but then we can't just smash zone three all the time like i think trainer got called out a few years ago he said like a zone three plan sort of sweet spot plan where you're just smashing zone three all week um and it will just basically lead to a lot of stagnation and burnout basically over the long term or even the medium term perhaps so it's a bit like fire i guess you need to use it quite carefully and in a very structured way but if you do it'll be a great tool to help build your fitness um whereas if you just use it willy-nilly it can quickly just go a bit rampant and take over and you'll dig yourself into a bit of a hole and burn yourself out so hopefully that makes sense um keep your listener questions coming in because it's your show likewise if you have any feedback let me know you can either leave the feedback or questions underneath the episode in your podcast app of choice or you can send me a dm on instagram so on to this week's guest we welcome ruby james who is a cake fueled hitter from south wales she loves i mean we all love cake don't we but i think ruby takes it to the next level which is awesome we discuss all sorts of riding related things and it's really clear just how much of a passion ruby has not only for her own riding but also getting others involved in the sport as well whether that's through her job or whether that's through just getting out with people and having fun. It's amazing what Ruby has achieved over the years and what she continues to do so as well. It sounds like she's got an awesome year lined up, a busy one with like extracurricular activities and things, but awesome nonetheless. So sit back and enjoy a really fun episode with Ruby James. We're really looking forward to see how she goes this year. Hi, Ruby. Welcome to the A-Line podcast. Thanks a lot for coming on. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell listeners like, who you are, why you're here. Um, hi, I'm Ruby. I'm Ruby James. Um, gosh, who am I? Um, I'm just a little girl from South Wales who likes riding her bike. Um, and yeah, hopefully on the podcast to share a little bit more about that. Awesome. Yeah, we've actually been trying to get this going for a little while, but it's always tricky to align calendars and stuff. There was hopes to do it in person, but uh, we've, we've gone for online. So it's just the next best thing. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Busy calendars, um, cross season as always takes over everybody's life, doesn't it? And then, uh, yeah, we're out of cross season now. So a little bit of a break to maybe catch up on a few life things. So definitely <laughs> nice to finally get this in the diary. 
definitely definitely but so before we dive into your cross season things we'll take your virtual coffee shop order so imagine we're out for a nice it's it's winter and it's january so we're out for a nice spin we stopped we're getting like a cake or oh, a bit of cake and like some coffee or something what are you what are you ordering oh oh this is tricky um so controversially as a cyclist i don't do coffee um i don't actually do caffeine okay. um so it would probably be a hot chocolate for me nice. um and then and if it's like a rough day you know if, if you're swinging with the cream of marshmallows it's, it's got to be for morale yeah. um and then cake order in all honesty i like it's hard to choose one um and normally what me and steve will do is we'll look at the cake counter we'll pick the two best and then we'll go halves um and then if i like more one than the other <laughs> i give like a little side eye and steve slides the one i like over to me so it, i have a pretty dreamy life really there but anything with biscoff is pretty much a winner for me um oh. anything with chocolate so yeah it's a good balance in that isn't it to be able to have you can hedge your bets then it's if you're torn between two you can pick which one you like so <laughs> exactly i like trying new things so i um yeah i don't think i'd be picking anything specific it'd be whatever's new i'm actually a bit of a coffee like a like a cake shop fiend nice. um so i like um, like to try lots of different cake shops and my instagram isn't all cycling i follow I follow all like cycling people that I know, but I hardly follow any cycling things um, on Instagram. I mainly follow bakeries. Um, so yeah, and if a bakery does like postal deliveries, I've probably tried it. Nice. So yeah, I I um I am a big I am a big bakery fan. Um, pretty much anything, um, especially cake jars. Okay. They are yeah they're my Achilles heel cake jar is that where you get the ingredients and make it yourself or is that something else I'm thinking of no it's just a cake in a jar oh yeah okay M&S do like Percy Pig one don't they in uh, yeah no they're like M&S ones are like two out of ten compared to wow. what you can get from different places yeah shout out Finch Bakery in Yorkshire they're the best but Please yeah if people listen to this please don't go buying all of them because i need my monthly supply <laughs> <laughs> well you've got a while till this drops so if you get your orders in now we've got a couple of weeks you know so <laughs> <laughs> bulk order exactly but no now we've got your um got your virtual beverage and and cake sorted that's all good so well i guess let's like wind things back a bit like where where do bikes come from in your life and things they're pretty big part of it now yeah um oh my god this this is winding it um back a little bit so god i've been riding my bike since well racing my bike since probably um like the age of 12. um i've always come from like a really sporty family um my mum is like a marathon runner trail runner she's done 13 london marathons Whoa. yeah does like the on mountain marathons like the we have to carry all your tent and everything Oof. on your back overnight she's still doing them now so my mum is crazy sporty <laughs> um so i grew up doing running um mainly like cross country and then my mum like saw an advert for a triathlon club in cardiff so she took me down down in mainly so then i started triathlon 
absolutely loved it. Um, and I did a bit of lifeguards growing up as well because I grew up in Agent Major by the sea. So thought I was a pretty strong swimmer. Um, that was until you get in a pool with triathletes that are pretty much all county swimmers. Um, and I was just coming out the pool last in all these triathlons, getting on the bike, catching up, and then I was able to hold it on the run. So I was doing really well in triathlon, but the swimming, I was just coming out the pool last. And the coach down in Mandy, um, Alan Davis, um, who like is he's been like the coach for like Garrett Thomas and and Barker, like all of them growing oh, up. Wow. He said to me, he was like, Ruby, you need to have been off this triathlon. Like <laughs> he was like, you need to come to cycling, you know. So he convinced us to do a cyclocross race, um, mm-hmm. just to help with like the winter cycling, um. And like keep everything interesting. So I rocked up to a cyclocross race. Well, it was like cross country on a bike, wasn't it? I was in my element, loving life, um, and didn't really turn back. Like then did a, like did loads of cyclocross that winter, um, and back then, gosh, this is like what nearly 18 years ago um there was the the talent teams was what what it was called um and that was like the kind of like gb programs but it was split in regions um so the welsh talent team coach was at one of the cyclocross races and just came over and was like oh you know how long have you been riding your bike and like you know just was a bit interested and said oh pop down to newport velodrome this week with your parents come for a ride with us and i was like okay didn't really think anything of it went down to newport velodrome that week like never ridden on the velodrome before um jumped on was having the time of my life um and the coach said to my mum um oh if ruby like rides to the top of the track in this session i'll put her on the welsh talent team here and now so i was like riding around like having loads of fun um um, at the end i went oh like can i ride up to the top off i went at the top did like a few laps like right on the top um and came down and he was like welcome to the welsh talent team and i was like sorry who what (laughs) was happening yeah um and yeah kind of from then on i was down in newport velodrome pretty much five days a week um all of a sudden like had a training program was was introduced to the whole world of um like like crit racing and all like the the youth races that were going on at the time had a huge baptism of fire um went from little triathlon ruby with you know little ankle socks and half my back showing because what were big tights um to learning all of the tricks of the trade um and yeah that was that was just kind of it i i feel like really lucky to have kind of just fallen into it and been given all the the opportunities um but yeah it just kind of carried on from there and getting into off-road cycling um like mountain biking and cross like, i always just carried on doing the cross started doing a little bit of mountain biking um for for fun um and then when i went to university we didn't have a road team in university there was only okay. a mountain bike team um and yeah it was i just like fully fell in love with uh, <laughs> the off-road side of things there um 
going out university trips to the Alps and um, like going on tour. And yeah, like, yeah, road riding got quickly forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's that's crazy. That's an awesome story. Um, we we may have lost a few listeners because triathlon was mentioned and people don't seem yeah. to like that. But it's I fine. don't do any more, promise. <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's really cool and how it's it's like um obviously you're very talented and stood out for all the good reasons but it's a case of just those chance encounters with people isn't it you can't necessarily plan and all that sort of thing as well as say solid race results and stuff to to really support it but that's that's awesome when you say about going to uni and then mountain bikes becoming more of a thing is it or was it rather like more on the gravity side or was there a solid cross-country team at the uni or no so like before i did all the like cross country series mm. like as a as a youth and junior um mm. so i did all the like cross country series i was like a bit of a jack of all trades really um like it's actually a bit crazy like thinking back and me and steve moved like i said 14 months ago mm. um and we're moving and like me and Steve were counting like the national jerseys we have between us. Um, and it was really funny. We were like, we were like, Oh, who, who do you reckon's got more? And because <laughs> I did all the disciplines I did, like, um, like road track, mountain biking and cross, I've got more national jerseys than Steve. So I was like, Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> feeling good. Um, nice. but yeah, it, it was interesting, like going to university then and kind of solely going on the mountain bike side of things it was it was more like the riding for fun a mm -hmm. bit more like the enduro type riding but enduro wasn't a thing back in 2010 no. so it was just going out with in, on the trails with your mates doing some digging um like sessioning some tracks you just do when you've grown up from such a young age being given a training program and going out and like riding this is what i've got to do say these are the efforts yeah. i used to go mountain biking like down to have an argoid like you know with my parents and i'd have like two hours on my plan so i'd ride the trails all well mm -hmm. and good but i wouldn't get to a section and be like oh i'm gonna session this because there wasn't like any other girls that i rode with or anyone that did that um so all of a sudden i'm in university and the boys are like oh let's let's jump this further and then i meet other girls that uh like join the club um and it's like oh let's push each other to ride this so it just became a whole like riding became a lifestyle instead of riding was racing riding was competitive riding was like that feel good factor of feeling good because you're doing well it yeah. all of a sudden became this like whole thing where all all day saturday you were out nine till six riding your bike shredding digging trails stopping at the pub then on the way home and you know really enjoying really enjoying it so yeah it was definitely like a switch yeah it's it's um yes yeah, kind of just really fun isn't it doing things like that it's what often gets missed sometimes if you take it not too seriously but if you're involved with training plans and stuff um yeah it's easy to get carried away and not have fun like just go hit turns and things <laughs> you can't beat that can you so, definitely not so what what did you study at uni um occupational therapy if okay you, if you know what that is vaguely but can you explain it for everyone else <laughs> oh god it's like the one of the hardest jobs to explain um so occupational therapists my whole job is about people's occupations so that means totally different things to different people for some people that's like returning to work for some people it's just being able to get up in the morning and 
have a shower and make themselves breakfast some people it's like wanting to get back to hobbies so getting back on the golf course or getting back to cycling um so i work in cardiac rehab and heart failure so anyone after heart attacks heart surgery um a congenital heart defects heart failure diagnosis so it's really good fun um so yeah i help people yeah. get back to work i've been on the golf course quite a lot the past couple of months because all of my male patients for some reason are obsessed with golf um <laughs> yeah so yeah been helping people get back to golf but uh, i don't know how any women that have been keen on golf unfortunately um i'm trying to trying to find someone but because my golf yeah. swing is 100 percent getting better who else can wow. say that in their job they take people to a golf course to help their swing <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's really cool. It's it's good as well to know that people don't just ride bikes what they do for like a day job and things. So yeah, that's really cool. That's a that's a cool day job. Even without the golf, it's good to be helping people and things, isn't it? So that's rad. Yeah. NHS. Yeah. I've been working in the NHS for over ten years now. I just got my extra annual leave days. Makes me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm I'm sure you're like, oh, you still going fast, you know? It's like endurance sports is a funny one, isn't it? Because they uh, now that it's the endurance sports, like say cross country and things are getting older. They're obviously not as old as running and things, but like you see like those 30, like 30 to 40 is now sort of the prime, isn't it? For a lot of athletes rather than the, the retirement years necessarily like it was previously or in other sports like football or whatever. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, um, like when I was younger, I had some really good results and I'm really mm. proud of what I did at a young age, but a lot of it was, I would probably say more on just the fact that I was brought up in a really active family. So it was a bit more, I hate to use the word natural talent because I was training like six, seven days a week. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of it, like, especially back when I still mixed in the triathlon was double days. Like I'd yeah. be swimming in the morning, riding in the afternoon, you know, the training hours I did when I was younger was crazy. At the same time, I didn't really see it as training back then because I was just going to meet my mates at Tri Club or um, having a gossip with the girls at swimming. So, you know, it, it was that bit of a balance. Um, but then now I feel like I've got an actual life balance um, cool. where like growing up when you when you're young and you get kind of taken around by your parents everywhere, it's, you know, easy to kind of be taken along for the ride and then you reach that age bracket like you know kind of like end of junior um into like that university age where you have to start doing more yourself and start mm. putting that work in and the people that have you know really had to try hard and put the work in for you start catching up with people that maybe have floated on that bit more of a natural talent so the playing field gets a little bit more even um that's definitely where I kind of was like, oh, I don't know if I've got the 100% dedication or okay. the balance for this. So for me, going to university and finding that fun side of cycling was a blessing because it's kept me in the sport. And now, mm. um, you know, I want to be the next Karen Spears race until, you know, I'm in my 70s. Um, but I was lucky because I found that. But now I've got a really nice balance of working doing my masters seeing family and friends training and racing my bike and i feel like mm. i've nailed it but i've been working for 10 years and i've been racing all these 10 years but only kind of like the last couple of years 
it seems to be clicking into place and I seem to be maybe getting those better results again. So it's nice. not a quick not a quick process. Um and I think everybody's so so different with mm. it. You can't have a one size that fits all. So it kind of shows that you can never really give up if cycling is what you love. Just keep doing it and kind of new things all fall into place um but don't you know if you love cycling just maybe try not to put too much pressure on it if you're not ever achieving what what you want to do maybe just change the goals on it Easy yeah definitely done, though. no exactly but it's it's interesting because there's, there's almost like drop-off points isn't there like you mm. like kids finish school and then they finish a levels then finish uni and it's kind of like it just whittles people down almost um but Looking back, going from, say, you've had a bit of everything, you've had very structured in your triathlon days and then onto the track and then you've got a bit more better balance that you need. Like, what would you say to, like, a 14-year-old or something listening now that's taking it quite seriously, you know, because you kind of have to, don't you, but is wanting to do well without and keep it fun still, you know, about it becoming a chore and maybe dropping out? Yeah. Um, and I would, you know, anyone that, anyone that kind of lives around like me and Steve that kind of comes with the Abergavenny like club, we just do, we ride a lot with, with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone that age, we just encourage them to come along to the group sessions. So like cycle cross, you've got like the group training cross sessions in summer. We do like group mountain bike sessions. Um, and a lot of people have like kind of then form their own little groups from yeah. that, that live closer together or, um, like kids that are closer in age so i'd say it's it's more about the people and making those little networks and Mm. when you come to the training sessions or you know it's called a training session but actually you know a lot of people will come and they're like i've got to train my absolute hardest and beat everybody but you can see that the kids are really really switched on they're doing their hard training on their on their own and then they come to these group sessions and they're still trying really hard but they're socializing they're learning from the others they're looking at with the other lines that people are doing they're not the ones that are always at the front Mm. and they're the ones leaving having made plans to then ride with their friends on the saturday so they're adding more social element to it and they're still getting the amazing training in and trying hard but they're learning from others and they're making that social network so they're not constantly the ones that are like i've always got to win i've always yeah. got to be at the front um which as competitive cycling people is really hard to that mentality to get out of and it's i think you don't realize you're doing it until you look back and you're like, wow, I always had to be at the front or I didn't really talk much because I was so busy trying my hardest, but mm-hmm. I'm in a group of 10 people, but I didn't actually talk to anyone, <laughs> yeah. but you don't, but you're there for training. So it's a really hard balance to actually, and it's like those social nuances that you, as you grow and develop, you, you realize, but actually when you're younger, um, if you've, if you you're there for training it can be quite black and white but training doesn't always mean pushing on your pedals the hardest or getting down the hill the fastest it means learning from others it means making those social networks because 
what if your parents can't take you to a bike race one weekend because they're not well or they're busy if you've got that network around you of family you know and friends that are willing to you know oh you come in the car with me because you're you're a lovely person and yeah. you get on well with my you know my children of course we'll take you to a race but if you've not got that network around you it can be quite lonely and isolating but that's a really hard thing to give advice on to yeah. young children how do you say that how do you say be sociable be personal make friends because that's that's really a black and white way of looking at it yeah yeah i guess you've got to let kids be kids i guess <laughs> and then that's exactly kind of, yeah take care of itself but no that's that's, that's why really me, cool. and, me and steve like that's why we'll invite people in um so if we kind of meet anyone from south wales we'll be like oh have you heard of these training sessions that run so we'll like try and invite people in and then the hopefully the natural environment then takes over because we've got such a lovely group um nice. around us and you'll see people come in and at first they're like oh i've got to kind of prove myself <laughs> and then yeah. a few weeks in they're just chilling they're they're having fun they're learning the lines. We're do, we're sessioning some jumps, and it's like, oh, here we go. They've <laughs> they've got the status quo now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You've you've mentioned Steve a few times. We should clear up. That's your partner who also races, isn't it? Oh um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him on for another episode. We were going to try and do a double header, but it was too many calendars to line up. But he'll he'll be on sometime, hopefully. <laughs> In all honesty, I just end up talking over him. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably better off having his own episodes. So he can say things himself. <laughs> amazing and then we've we've spoke about your like history so far um are there any particular like highs and lows you've had along the way has it all been plain sailing or oh definitely not it's um, okay. definitely been some some bumps in the road hmm. like the decision of going to university um and not kind of looking down the full-time route um yeah. kind of back in 2010 there wasn't the massive kind of um, options available um like that's kind of more available now cycling still isn't the most accessible thing if you want to do it full time mm. um or you know give it a good go um but i'd say there's you know a few more doors open now um and kind of back when back in 2010 i had the option of you know applying for the gb academy <clears throat> or going to university um and yeah it was a really difficult decision um to make and i kind of chose the university route I'm not saying you know I'm, i might not have even got on you know yeah. the academy to be full-time but i was i was quite lucky in terms of i always feel like i was quite lucky in this um but i grew up in the kind of talent team and and um odp era of british cycling and i was in the same year as laura kenny and she's such a driven, motivated person. And even when we were 16, 17, 18, you, you could see that, you know, I'd, you'd share, I'd share a room with her on training camps. And in British Cycling, we'd have this 10-minute rule where if there was a ride leaving at nine, you had to be there 10 minutes early oh, yeah. um, in case, you know, someone forgot a drink or a bottle. That 10-minute rule, if you, you – you were there 20 minutes early because <laughs> you didn't want to be late for the 10 minute rule. It was, yeah. I'm always late. I'm late for everything. <laughs> like, 
the only thing I was ever early for was I came early on my due date. I've been late ever since. <laughs> my mum always jokes about this. So this 10-minute rule, I was like, oh, come on. Like, the rise at nine. So I'd be strolling around everywhere. Laura would be there 20 minutes early. She was so dedicated. We'd have a three-hour ride to do. We'd roll in at two hours, 58, and I'd be like, that's close enough to three hours. She'd be riding around the car park for those last two minutes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She's the person I've got the saying from push on the pedals harder because this one training camp, I was like really suffering and we were going up this hill and she went, come on, Ruby, just push on the pedals harder. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I was like, yep, okay. <laughs> it is that simple, but there's nothing there. But yeah. that always sticks in my head. So when it came to that point, I had, you know, a peer that, I knew was so dedicated, so motivated, so kind of, you don't want to say ruthless, but ruthless in her way that this was the path she was going to succeed. And I kind of knew I wasn't on that same path of dedication. It doesn't mean that I wasn't dedicated in my own way, um, but I just knew that kind of that constantly living in that environment wasn't conducive to me. So I went, I ended up going to university, but that was quite a difficult period there, yeah. ultimately making that decision. And you, you know, I was like so worried, is it's going to be right for me? Um, and within the first two months of university, I knew that I'd 100% made the right decision and I've been happy and content with it ever since. But there was a good six months where it was, oh my gosh, have I done, have I done the right thing? Um because you know steve actually it'd be interesting to get him on because his experience was different he ended up applying for the academy mm-hmm. and going um and he ended up leaving because it wasn't wasn't for him so he tried it and it didn't work where i didn't try it at all so we had we actually both had different um different experiences but it's so difficult because it's not a one size fits all and no. i think if i was that age now um, and there's the roots that there are now into into kind of professional being a professional athlete or being full time. And there's so many people now in university that are still having all these opportunities. Um, I think it would have been quite different, but I'm happy with my university experience because it was it was a bit wild. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I was able to live life for a few years. <laughs> yeah. I know it's, it's it's true though like like you say the, the landscape has possibly changed but you just got to do what's right for you at the end of the day and to get the best out of yourself like if you'd have gone and hated it you wouldn't have performed quite as well as if you were having fun and maybe not training as much but you you know you're having more fun and going faster because of it and you're still in the sport like you can't win national champs if you don't even get there because you're bored of it and don't bother turning up <laughs> yeah exactly i i do always think especially um and knowing Steve's experience now as well, I think if I had tried to push myself down that route, um, I and I hadn't have thrived in that environment, I don't think I'd be riding a bike now. Um, yeah. And knowing what the environment was and knowing myself, um, I, I, I don't think it, it. I don't think it would have been for me. It was, yeah. I'm. I, I'm. My. Um, a lot of my family kind of say I'm a bit unmanageable um and if you heard the saying you know like she's like Kanye West she can't be managed that's 
that's thrown around. Okay, I've not heard that one, but okay, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. a bit unmanageable, like Kanye West. Apparently, I am too. Well, I need that to like... be given lots of lots of space for freedom, right. and then I, I, I find the path, and I normally tag along at the end, but you, you can't force me into a corner because I will yeah. rebel. Okay, no, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it's like um, having the freedom to make your own decisions um, and make mistakes and things is quite important by the sounds of it. Definitely, yeah. I like, that. L- I like I, that. Luckily, I knew that from from a young age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite self-aware. I was just like, this is me. Take, yeah. take it or leave it. <laughs> nice. It seems to have worked out pretty well, so it's good. And then, so if we're looking a bit um, fast forward and a bit, looking a bit more present day, like how was, how was like last year for you? You had quite a solid, like solid mountain bike season and then you had like a good, um, a good cross season as well. And you even went to Whistler. So you had a pretty hectic 2023, didn't you? Yeah, 2023 was busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been so good. So I'd probably say like COVID, as much as it was a horrible worldwide pandemic um, and a lot of people had negative experiences, um, for me, for my cycling, it was the switch that flipped everything. Okay. Um, because I before COVID, I was here, there and everywhere juggling life as, you know, everybody was. And it made me stop. Mm. um and i was like working in my job um as an ot in the hospital and when covid happened um we all had to have risk assessments and i ended up getting sent home to shield because i've got um i've got a medical condition called ulcerative colitis and the medication i'm on um put me in the high risk category okay so i had to work from home um and i basically like kind of ran the, the service from home because all the nurses that I work with were redeployed to ITU. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I'm working from home. I don't have a commute. Um, there's nothing that you can do socially in the evenings. So I had mm. a lot of time. Um, so the kind of hope team and everyone, and so many people were setting up these groups and WhatsApps, me and Steve get Zwift and Turbos. All of a sudden I'm doing actually some quite structured training. Yeah where before covid me and steve just trained ourselves and it was if i did four hours a week it was a good week you know <laughs> i was still racing but paul alden was always joke oh ruby if you actually trained like imagine what you could do and i'd always yeah. be like ha 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 i didn't have time for training i was i was going out with my friends you know like i was going riding with people and that was my training yeah so when COVID actually came along, I started riding my bike. Um, and then me and Steve got a coach, um, Pete mm-hmm. Williams. So actually started having structured plans. Um, yeah, like actual structured training, like sessions, like things like on Zwift and going out and doing efforts. Yeah, I remember my first one, I genuinely thought I was going to die. I was like, <laughs> what, what is this? Yeah. Um, so I've had a couple of years now of like some really good base. Um, and then kind of coincided to that, I, um, my work um, funding a master's degree for me. So I'm still working full time, but doing yeah. my master's part time on top. And it's in Cardiff University where I did my undergrad. And I um, knew a couple of um, 
people kind of in the kind of sports department from when I did my undergraduate degree and they encouraged me to apply for the sports scholarship and I was like oh, oh, yeah. I, I won't get it but we'll see what happens well I ended up um, getting it and you get kind of free strength and conditioning and access to the gym through that nice. so I thought oh I'll take the opportunity so then I started going to the gym and um, which I'd never done before like I'd never lifted a weight um yeah. I was from the British cycling era of be as light as humanly possible and just ride your bike as much as you can like S and C wasn't the thing so I was like oh let's try this so I've had two years now of pretty much solid gym work um and two years of coaching mm. and kind of last summer this winter I think the hard work actually started showing because yeah. um, it you know for me I've I've been doing this for two years but it's only really been the last six months that I've actually like the rewards have come from doing yeah. it so you can see that I'm a slow burner things just don't happen overnight for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, what was it you said at national Cha mountain bike national champs you said uh, like you're the the fastest full-time worker or something like that it was because you got like was it fourth or fifth or something at national champs I think was it fifth or sixth it was definitely top five it, I wasn't sure if it was fourth yeah. or fifth so I it think was, yeah, it, I think it was fifth yeah yeah fastest really full-time worker <laughs> so no it sounds like you're really busy but then it's um I guess uh like we were saying earlier you need that fun element but if you go too unstructured obviously you don't get necessarily the results perhaps it's that that balance of saying riding with your mates on Saturday, having fun and digging, then Sunday is some effort or, or whatever, I guess. And it sounds yeah. like you've struck, struck gold with the balance, but consistently over time, and now you're reaping the benefits of it. Yeah, I think being so busy, like, you know, working full time, trying to do a master's degree on top, that this that might might actually kill me this year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we it's my it should be my final year if I don't need an extension, which... Cool can everyone please just send a little prayer up for me um that i won't need an extension but kind of juggling all of that you really struggle for time mm. um and having pete coaching for me it's not the actual sessions um because it's not in terms of like what you're doing isn't rocket science no but it's the fact that someone's put it on a plate for you i don't have to think i wake up in the morning and i just know what i have to do i know what i have to do for work i know what i have to do for university i know what pete set me so i don't have to think i don't have to use any of my brain energy worrying am i doing the right thing am i doing the right number of efforts um oh i'm tired should i ride today i just do what i'm told and if my body's too tired i just send a message saying ever yeah. so sorry I'm too tired today. I'm going to have a nap instead. So mm -hmm. it it's made it so much easier for me because I don't have to really engage my brain so I can, can just do it. And it yeah. for me at the moment, it's especially being so busy. It's, it's, it's a godsend because it's actually, I end up doing quality over quantity and it's been so, it's been so fun. Some of the sessions, mm you know even on, they look on paper and they look really hard yeah but when you've had a really busy day and you just got like go out get on your turbo and you just do what you're told and you get off and you're thinking oh i feel so tired but so good and yeah. it gives you that real feel good factor or it's just going out with your mates and, yeah. and having a laugh yeah when you don't have to think about it 
it's it works for me <laughs> yeah no it sounds really good it's a good point as well it's like because even if you you could write your own plan it's the effort required to do it that you're removing isn't it so you're paying someone else for that that service and it's um it's almost like it's quite hard to cut your own hair isn't it <laughs> so it's, it's easier mm. to, to pay someone else to do it <laughs> and they'll do a better job of you trying to cut it and rush it and things so no that's um that's really interesting and it, yeah it's about like stress management of things rather than say um just getting the work done so yeah no, it's interesting because i've got quite a few friends that do coach themselves um and i think like katie winton did a few um like youtube series on like running her own team so um i'm not sure she's the coaching element but about like the mental strain of having to organize and run your own team and people i don't think give enough emphasis on what mental strain can can impact your performance and impact you know what you do um because if you're worrying about things and you've got all these plates you're spinning and juggling you know i know i'm in a privileged position to be able to have a coach to take one of those plates away from me and a lot of people don't have that um Mm. but it's in it's in the cycling community where there's a lot of help and advice out there so you know talk to your friends ask ask for help um and don't ever feel like you've kind of got to do it on your own like bounce ideas um you know off people because me and steve did coach each other you know we coached ourselves for years Mm. and we didn't have bad results we didn't have as good results as we're having now but did we ever really apply it and you know write down a structured training plan um so yeah it's not one size fits all and not one thing works for everybody but no it having a coach seems to be working for me and steve at the moment so i'm very grateful for it (laughs) yeah like like you sort of said throughout your story things ebb and flow and right now it seems to be working but maybe next year it won't or or who knows but um but yeah you had a a really good um across season over um where was it belgium you had um, a great time over there to just see on instagram and things it was it was solid so yeah it seems to you've been going really well um how are things looking for like this season then 2024 what have you got planned um so cross season was amazing um like super chuffed with that got to race my first ever world cross world cup um so absolutely buzzing with that um so yeah just really happy at the moment i'm just still riding the high of of the cross season um and 2024 she's actually doing our race calendar tonight because um steve's mum um and dad are planning their summer holiday so they like to know Uh, our race calendar so um sorry jan we're getting the race calendar to (laughs) you (laughs) that's that's being planned um but i think it's gonna be maybe a little bit quieter um only because i've got my master's dissertation to try and finish and everyone's gonna be so bored of me um (laughs) by october talking about this and then especially if i need a year's extension they're gonna be like oh ruby no (laughs) we can't deal with listening to this for another year (laughs) um but yeah i think things have to be maybe a little bit quieter just so yeah just so i can actually have time to write these twenty thousand words that are meant to appear from my brain somewhere (laughs) um but we're still gonna do a lot of the nationals mm-hmm. um starting off i think battle on the beaches oh yeah what we're going to start off with or there might be like a welsh 
Welsh um, mountain bike round cool. early days. Um, so yeah, we're still going to be doing um, a lot of racing. Um, I've actually got a track race in a couple of weeks. I'm back on oh, the wow. velodrome. Nice. Um, so that's going to be really fun. So yeah, in all honesty, I'm saying it's going to be a little bit less busy, um, but we're still probably not going to be home every weekend and <laughs> none of the boxes in our house are going to be unpacked from moving <laughs> by the time the end of summer comes so um yeah i think it's going to be a really fun summer maybe try a few um enduro races this year yeah. mix it up a little bit definitely yeah. that'd be really good oh it sounds like you've got an exciting year ahead then that's awesome yeah convince you to come to some enduros as well <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did two last year, so I'll definitely be doing more. Once cross-country season's done, that's my plan, just to finish off the year with some enduro. Got some other stuff in the pipeline as well for end of season, Ooh. but um, yeah, it will be revealed. <laughs> Coming <later> soon. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But no, that's that's really cool. What we'll do is we'll, we'll wrap things up there and we'll move into like the core questions we ask everyone. And so first up, we have hits and shit so a hit is something you really like about riding bikes so that can be the scene it can be a bike component like full suspension or something um and then a shit is obviously the opposite so it can be something you don't like about the scene or about equipment so changing tubeless tires or it can be um people being really anal about mud guards on a group ride whatever it is so <laughs> just yeah in any order and you can have any number as well just take your pick Ooh. Oh my gosh, hits. It would hit my biggest hit is like Abergavenn ERC cycling club riding with okay. them. Um, that's my biggest highlight. Um, yeah, our group rides are class. Nice. This is what gets me through winter with the cross training. It's what like Wednesday night mountain bike rides get me through the week. Um, yeah. We always have a laugh. A lot of okay. it finishes with an apple pie and McDonald's. Nice. Um, so yeah i'd probably say that abergavenny rides get me through life so that's probably my biggest my biggest hit <laughs> nice um what is it hits and shits yeah a quick Hilarious. question though how do you how do you find um like juggling say you're doing cross season and you're straight into mountain bike season but a bit of like a conveyor belt like how do you find time to do a bit of like or have an off season and have a bit of base work done and things as well. How do you find juggling all that? Um, oh, I've never really thought about base work. Off season, <laughs> is, for, off season is for socialising. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I just ride my bike a lot, so it, I'd kind of class that as base work, really. Yeah, I guess like hitting the enduro and things, you're doing a lot of. Uh, volume doing that aren't you at low intensity compared to say if you're going straight into xc races and then cross that variety i guess like we said earlier gives you um, a good spectrum but sorry um so i'll let you go back into your shit now so yes yeah a shit is the opposite obviously of a hit oh probably washing my bike <laughs> yeah yeah i i always joke that i like Got, got a husband to do those things <laughs> i was like always a really strong independent person in terms of i you know i made friends with my local bike shop and i would take many many greg's pastries so if things needed to be fixed and you know i just go sit in the workshop <laughs> and, and have a chat with them while I, they were fixing my bike you know i could change i could like do the basic things you mm. know 
like do a chain like puncture repairs you know like i built up bikes you know before um yeah. i was never quick at it but i could do it but i learned very quickly that if you made friends with the right people and you took them enough greg's pastries you could get really far so yeah that's pretty much what i did um but yeah just like cleaning my bike anything bike maintenance um i'm very lucky that, that i've got steve because it's it's not really my it's not really my kettle of fish <laughs> that's fair enough that's fair yeah it's definitely a bad side of cycling all the admin and washing and stuff but it's worth it right <laughs> oh definitely definitely worth it definitely worth it and um yeah i, I chose my husband well <laughs> <laughs> nice nice no that's really good have you got any other hits and shits you want to add to the pile are you happy with those oh I, like i probably another hit in terms of things i love is like the south wales riding scene mm -hmm. um the amount of trails and like good riding spots we have um around here like if you've not been just give me a message and come down and we will go riding for the weekend because it's just so good um nice. i absolutely love living in south wales i um i lived in reading for eight months and it was Ouch. yeah it was so so boring there's like not a, there's not a view there there's like no views yeah there's no hills <laughs> yeah it's, but just even like a nice view of like some rolling like there's just nothing no. um so yeah i'm you know i'm welsh girls through and through so the welsh riding scene would 100 percent be um be a hit for me and then a shit on that side would be um aggie road like other road oh, yeah. drivers when you're trying to just go out and enjoy enjoy everyone your time on your bike but i'm sure that's a negative for every single cyclist definitely yeah sadly it's not going anywhere anytime soon but it's more time mountain biking less drivers <laughs> so exactly whenever whenever i'm in work and like um you know if any of my patients are into cycling and they want to get back on the bike i'm like oh shall we like go up and down the taft trail let's let's go on some fire routes <laughs> <laughs> i'm like come to the off-road you should buy a gravel bike definitely yeah that's great converting people i like it <laughs> definitely nice and then so wrapping that up and on to our next question is what is your best training session so this can you can have two if you want but you, you can have like the, the one you enjoy the most and the, the one you like feel does you the most good if it's the same then great but they can be different oh it would probably be like best training session would be going out for a ride um with people that like push you so um like i do a lot of riding um with eilish gilbert now and mm -hmm. where i'd say like we're pretty similar um in terms of like results wise we're normally like racing around each other um but we've both got really different strengths and weaknesses so when we go out for a ride together and especially if we're like building up you know race season we'll go on a bit of a training ride together and it is hilariously brilliant because at one point one of us will feel like we're full sos like it's normally when we're going uphill and i'm following her and she's out the saddle putting out how many watts and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> please wait for me um yeah. and yeah we've both got like really different 
um, like skills and we really push each other. So I think that's my favorite when you finish a session and you feel like, and you're with someone that really pushes you and, and, and brings you on. Um, Mm -hmm. and especially, you know, I think like as a girl, um, like I'll go out riding with Steve and it's super fun and, and we have the best time, but I'll go out riding, um, you know, with some of my female friends and they'll like hit a jump that I wouldn't have even considered before. And I'm like, oh, she's just done that. Mm. Like, I know that I, I can ride X, Y, Z that they ride. So would, is, is this now, you know, doable for me? So it pushes you on, it really develops you and having strong like women around you is such a, such a bonus. And they're probably my favorite training sessions is when you go out with your group of girlfriends and you're pushing each other up on the hills and then you're absolutely shredding the descents and you're pushing each other to do more. Um, that's a hundred percent my favorite. And they're nice. the best days that I'm absolutely buzzing about. Um, and yeah, you come home and you've ridden that gap jump that you never even thought possible. But because all the girls are around you, you're like, yeah, so I've done it. <laughs> yeah, positive peer pressure is always good, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But like, the thing is, I've been riding with Steve for years. And if Steve does it, I'm like, oh, that's just Steve. You know, he's talented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, like one of the girls I know does it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Is this doable? <laughs> I'm like, hmm, maybe I should start doing thinking about this now. And then I have like a week of not sleeping because all I want to do is go hit that <laughs> jump. Yeah. Yeah. You can't leave it until you've done it, can you? <laughs> Definitely. No, that's good because it's not necessarily like, like you said earlier, it comes back to like those connections and things. It's not necessarily a training session like over-unders. It's a case of going out and riding with people and getting out in the mix and pushing yourself and having – like other people like pull you as well if that makes sense like mm. to help you progress like it doesn't always have to be you pushing yourself does it so yeah. no That's i don't really think cool. my training session will ever be anything like over unders <laughs> me and steve have got this session called like sweaty sandwiches okay. um that pete sets now i wouldn't even be able to tell you what it is but i know when sweaty sandwiches comes up i know that a, I need to get a dessert in because the only way I'm getting on that turbo is if I've got something to look forward to after dinner because otherwise I'm not getting not getting on it. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm like swip- swooping by the shops and getting a dessert to actually motivate me for afterwards. Um, so, yeah, I don't think an actual training session will ever be my favourite. But, <laughs> but the rewards after doing it, probably yeah. a plus, plus for me. So... Definitely. Is there is there a particular dessert that you only get on the Turbo Four, like tiramisu or apple pie or something, or is it or is it pretty open? I don't know. I'm just such a dessert person. Nice. Yeah, pretty much. It depends like what what the mood is. At the yeah. moment, I'm like really craving a crumble. Oh yeah. But then once I have a crumble, it, I'll like, be on. I'll be on to a new thing. Mm-hmm. yeah tick it off new thing like the jumps tick it off next one <laughs> yeah yeah it could be sticky off you put in like you know it could be creme brulee it you just who who really knows what what i'll be in the mood for we've always got emergency pudding in this house nice. um always because you never know when people are going to come over when you're going to hold an impromptu dinner party so you always need an emergency pudding um which Steve just finds absolutely hilarious that I constantly need emergency pudding. And most of the time I say it's for dinner parties, but it's because I've had like a really bad day and I get the emergency <laughs> pudding out for me. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's still an emergency, isn't it? So it still counts. Yeah, the problem is, like, we've got, like, this toffee pecan roulade that serves, like, six people. <laughs> so we've got this six-person roulade, and I'm like, I need this. Yeah, yeah, just crack on into it. <laughs> yeah, basically, I ride my bike so I can eat desserts. Nice. That's I mean, you're not line. alone. Yeah. You're not alone there, are you? I mean, speaking of riding your bike, like, the next question is actually, if you weren't riding bikes, what would you be doing with your with your life? I'm guessing just eating cake, but... Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. This I've not ever really thought about what I would do if I didn't ride bikes. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just ride bikes. But it'd, it'd be doing something active. I'd mm-hmm. probably be doing, like, marathons with my mum or something. Yeah. Um, because I've actually convinced my mum into cycling. So my mum... Oh, cool. My mum rides now. So my mum has raced all cross-season. Um, she's done all the Welsh this year. Her goal next year is to do some nationals and to do national champs. Mm-hmm. Um, she's now fully mountain biking um yeah she's like her goal for summer is to come out on our like wednesday mountain bike rides um nice. and be like good enough to come out on the men- wednesday mountain bike rides. so she's currently training over christmas my mum did um five more hours of training than me um <laughs> that week like she's on a full boot camp so i think if i didn't do cycling i would have like maybe gone down like the trail running mountain like um like the marathon kind of route with my yeah. mum it would have been something active i couldn't ever like not do something totally no no that's that's fair it sounds like yeah it's, it's very much part of who you are and things which is which is cool and then this might be some good advice for your mum actually the next question is what is the best value upgrade you can make for cycling oh god value upgrade i'd have yeah. i'm probably the wrong person to ask this question well um, it can be like five thousand pounds worth but if it's the best value you know or it can be ten pounds like it's it's not necessarily cheaper is better but it's the what you think is the best value for money oh <laughs> i don't know like yeah i'm definitely the the wrong person to ask this question in terms of upgrades because i just i just ride what i have or ride what i'm given so oh. But it could be your body or your bike. So like Ooh. your coaching you mentioned earlier, has that been a really good value upgrade for your cycling experience? Yeah. Oh, in all honesty, actually, thinking like maybe a bit more out the box. Yeah. For me, um, it would be like like in terms of like upgrading and widening your horizons, it would be to do as many disciplines as possible. Nice. So um like I'm doing like a track race now early March um, and I bought a track bike last year for 350 quid got back on the velodrome um, and it's been so much fun like going and I can now like I'm now back on the velodrome loving life so if the weather's like really disgusting like it's been the last couple of weeks and you know like storms and you're fed up with the turbo because you don't really want to go out in it or all your mountain bike routes are like so so muddy you know and it's like horribly dark you just throw a bit of variation into it like i can go down the track i'm out i'm socializing with people i'm having fun i'm doing something different um so yeah adding variety would be my upgrade so you've always got something that you can do to spice it up 
Nice. I totally agree with that as well because I, I started going to the skate park just before Christmas on the mm. BMX and it's been so good, just that variety. It just keeps it fresh and exciting. So, yeah, yeah. I like that. We've not had that one yet either, so that's really good. Oh, I like it a lot. Yeah, probably because I have no idea about bike components and I should have <laughs> probably been like anything hope. <laughs> <laughs> right, we can edit it. We can edit it. It's fine. <laughs> Amazing. No, I love it um speaking of sponsors that's literally our next question so you're teeing these up perfectly so if you could be sponsored for one thing what would it be but so one mountain bike related thing and one non-mountain bike related thing so you get so let's say you wanted to be sponsored by um i, I don't know um the cake company you know because they give you free cakes and then you could yeah. be sponsored by hope and you get free breaks and hubs and stuff so yeah one of each oh it in all honesty, if I like, I've got my dream sponsor with Hope. <laughs> like growing up, I always wanted to be sponsored by Hope, and yeah. I'm sponsored by Hope. So yeah, I've, I'm pretty much living my childhood dream. Um, nice. in, in all honesty, so bikes would definitely be Hope. Any bikes and nope. components would be would be Hope, um, yeah. and cakes would be Finch Bakery because Finch Bakery. Yeah, their salted caramel cake jars are mind blowing. Nice, nice. Yeah. So good. Sounds good. We we'll have to hit up Finch Bakery see if we can get you a sponsorship. <laughs> oh, imagine! And there's yeah. a, there's a guy from Cambridge called George Bakes as well. Okay. Who does like these postal cake deliveries? They are insane. Um, they are just they are just so good. But if anyone wants cake recommendations, I'll I'll send them out. Nice. So. Do you bake yourself or not? Oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> nice. I I don't cook. I don't bake. Like yeah, Steve does all the cooking because I would have probably given us food poisoning or killed, <laughs> killed us off by now. Um, and yeah, I would love to be a skilled person in the kitchen, um, but I know my limitations. Yeah, I'm a very good delegator and organizer. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. You can't be good at everything, can you? So it's good you know your strengths and play to that. I've got very niche strengths. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. Oh. I'm very well supported by my team around me. Nice, nice. I like that a lot. You need to get a good support crew. That's what everyone needs at the end of the day, isn't it? It's that support network to help you find the time to ride or eat cake or whatever it is. It's really important. Exactly, exactly. You know, yeah. My my job is empowering people and, you know, helping people be more independent and helping people organise their lives. I just really need to take my own advice sometimes. <laughs> or you're that elite at it now, you actually get other people to do it all for you. So you've you've nailed it, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe. <laughs> Speaking of um, doing things to help improve your performance and whatnot, so the next question is, what's one thing you do that helps like, improve your performance or just your cycling experience in general? So this can be something very, very basic. Like it can be like, I don't know, having a glass of water first thing in the morning, or it can be something really like, oh, I, I meditate and think about my performance before I race. Like it can be either end of the spectrum. Um, probably for me. The biggest thing that I've noticed the last couple of years is incorporating S and C in, and going to the gym. Yeah, especially someone that never, like, never did it before, like at, yeah. 
at all. Um, like it has changed my like whole body composition. Um, okay. Like I'm so much strong. Like I look at photos of me from before I went to the gym and now, um, and it like it's actually a little bit crazy. Um, you mm-hmm. don't think you've changed that much because it's so gradual over time. Yeah. Um, I only go to the gym once a week, so it's not like I'm, you know, doing drastic things. No. Um, but yeah, it it just makes a huge difference um to like your strength your stamina yeah yeah i you just don't i think you don't even realize until you do it um and then when you actually like i didn't go for six weeks um because the cross season got so crazy just before christmas and then christmas happened and then i got ill um so there was like six weeks that i didn't go um and like six weeks went in a, in a blink of an eye mm. and you like I didn't I actually was like oh I really need to get back to the gym I really miss it because yeah. you don't realize how much of a benefit it has until you like kind of stop going so going to the gym I'm at the moment I'm trying to convince Steve to come with me because he's still not started so um, oh. watch this space we were listening to What's Garrett Thomas's podcast? Oh, GTCC. Yeah, and yeah. we were listening to him, and he was saying that he doesn't like do the gym and okay. stuff. Um, I can't remember like who he was speaking to, and I was like, "This was literally me." And then I went, and I was like, "Why have I not done this before?" <laughs> so now that you've got a newfound love of the gym, have you got a favorite exercise you recommend people try? Oh, I don't. I'm like. In the gym, I'm really competitive with myself. Okay. Um, yeah. So probably, I, but I actually hate all the exercises when I'm doing them in the gym. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you give me like anything to do with planking or side plank, okay, I'll be there. Like I, I will be so competitive. I'll be there like until I physically pass out. Um, so they're kind of my favourite, but but in like a really, really like yeah in like a really like competitive way it's not actually my favorite thing but um i quite like it probably because it's if i do like i'm like oh steve do a side plank for me purely because i know i'll beat steve and he's he's better at me at pretty much everything apart from side planks and swimming so i love going swimming with steve and i like doing side planks with steve because i come out on top but that's nice everything else he's just naturally better at so but i'd probably (laughs) say planks but then actually who likes planking i don't like it it's just because i'm better than steve (laughs) (laughs) it still counts right it still counts like yeah just being competitive with your other half i hope everyone else is as competitive as we are yeah yeah definitely me and georgia are competitive she's she can't play sport really at all because she's not very sporty but everything else in life we get very competitive about so (laughs) exactly it's like yeah. oh the tattoo bet at national champs and things so um, yeah that's coming along nicely. <laughs> Excellent! You've got to have a bit of healthy competition. Exactly. Yeah. It was like the day that I realised I was better at swimming than Steve was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> it was Amazing. so good. And then we went skiing, and Steve had only been skiing once, and I'd been skiing like as a like child. I went like, every year, and I was okay. like, oh, I'm gonna be way better than Steve. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Like we got like in we got an instructor for a couple of mornings because Steve was like, Oh, I've only been once, you know. Yeah. And the instructor was like, Oh, Steve, you're a natural. And he was like, Oh, Ruby, improve this. And I was like, Oh, come on. <laughs> I was like, How are you so naturally good? 
<laughs> it's good having him to chase. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn it, must must be better. And then they get like super, super competitive. Nice. Nice. It's good that you can pull each other along though and like support each other as well as give that extra bit of motivation to have each other to chase. Yeah, no, normally I'm just trying to trip him up as I elbow past him. <laughs> <laughs> We've reached That's the amazing. savage part of our relationship now. Yeah, you, you get to a certain point in your marriage and the level of hate sort of peaks, doesn't it? So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Good hate though, good hate. Yeah, 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 good hate. A loving hate is good, isn't it? It's good. <laughs> When, like, the sly elbow comes in, when you're skiing down the ski slope. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. So the final question is just, are there any socials you want to plug, any shout-outs you want to give, things like that? Well, let Steve come on sometime and give his own half of the story. But um, <laughs> other than that, anything you want to plug or shout-outs? Uh, I think I've pretty much said it. You know, hope for the sponsorship, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to – you know do all the disciplines or uh you know get around the country and do everything we do without them um the abergavenny cycling crew especially paul crapper you know my main man organizing all the rides um i think that they're the main ones that help me get through life and uh yeah just very much appreciated and very privileged to be able to ride my bike and uh get around the country pretty much every weekend enjoying riding my bike and doing what i do nice nice and then if people want to see you riding your bike like where can they follow you and and things i'll put some links in but is it instagram or facebook or yeah instagram facebook um i I think i think that's it but yeah if anyone wants to ride around south wales and um find some trails yeah just give me a message um and if we're going out as a bit of a group i'll always be like come along i love inviting people along um we'll go for a group ride and steve's like so who's coming today (laughs) amazing (laughs) So yeah, give us a message. Love to show people around our local trails. So anything, basically just move to South Wales because it's incredible. Um, (laughs) There you go. You've you've sold it. I think you'll get an influx of people now. (laughs) I know. Or people, or they live in Bristol, so you can easily get over the border. That's that's another cheat, isn't it? (laughs) It is. is. That's what I do. So (laughs) it's all good. But no, that's rad. Thank you for giving up your time because you're clearly a really busy person. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for you this season at the Nationals and things and, and hopefully get to catch up. But um, yeah, see you soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the A-Line podcast. It was great chatting to Ruby hope you enjoyed hearing from her be sure to give her a follow on instagram um she's quite active on there and post some really good content likewise if you're not following the podcast already on instagram be sure to check that out too so until next time ride fun and ride fast <laughs>